My mama would say, you gotta fight for what is right. To her I would say, I wanna give back the world some light. But it's an empty road I feel so alone I forgot what I'm fighting for When the weight of the world Keeps you up at night When you're running with no end inside Lot you and You could find with Christ You want to change the world But you don't know where you should start mm-hmm. But you can't give your all Unless you let God inside your heart Hey, good morning, Patriots. And today is Wednesday, January 31st in the year 2024. We're in quite an interesting time. If people that don't know history, it's important to realize that the war that we're under takes many forms that have been part of past wars. One of those is the opium wars of China. China was subjected to an invasion of opium led by the British, the same lovely people that started our CIA that was to push opium into Shanghai area, the southern part of China, and eventually they seized control of the nation to such a degree in the late 1800s, that in mid-1800s and late 1800s, that 
they were able to break into China's markets, which the emperor refused to give them access to, basically blackmailing the emperor of China by telling them that if he did not allow British access to their markets, that they would create more problems with opium, both in increasing supply in certain areas, cutting off supply, causing a massive upheaval. Ultimately, that led to the Boxer Wars, which was the Chinese fighting back against the British occupation, which is what it became. We're seeing a replication of that now. And obviously, we see with fentanyl coming across our border, the magnitude of this threat is something rather incredible. We're seeing hundreds of people die every month. It's actually in the thousands of youth. And there seemingly is no stopping this. We're going to talk about this from a different perspective today as we take go back and look at a, a, a moment in time, some time back, when, to your shock and awe, I'm sure you're going to be all surprised, Israel and Mossad were involved in using fentanyl for an assassination. Bottom line is when we get to the core players, we're going to find again it's the same people over and over and over. And they have just dis distributed their network. One of the ironies of all of this is that we've been told all of this in film and we haven't really paid attention to the reality of what we're looking at. Before we get going, make sure that you're doing all you can to protect your assets in particular in this time with the pressure on the dollar. The dollar's value is declining and that's one of those hidden ways of controlling you. Our fiat currency is on a spiral, and we're in with some big increasing threats financially, which is going to affect pensions, it's going to affect IRAs, it's going to affect your 401ks, it's going to affect your retirement savings. It is wise to put your things into tangible assets. So tangible assets, in particular, precious metals. And we have the folks over at Birch Gold, which you can meet uh, in initially by getting their free information packet by typing the word BARDS and texting it to 989898. That's BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, and text it to 989898. They'll send you a free information packet on precious metals-backed IRAs. Read through it and give them a call. If you have an existing... IRA or 401k, they will be happy to walk you through this and to do this and transfer that over to a precious metals backed IRA for no additional charge, no cost to you. They could also help you set up the your your investment concept in we deferred in a deferred investment account or deferred tax account with by using precious metals. This is important right now. This game that we're in is all about you know the death of Babylon and Babylon's based on paper money. We need to get things into solid, tangible assets. So text it today. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. Get your free information packet and let Birch, Birch Gold help you in your financial planning. They're great people, and you will not be disappointed. There is um, an event that happened earlier this week, which I mentioned, which was Evergrande. And I've already talked about it a couple of times, but it can't be underrated, understated how important this is. Evergrande is um, the investment firm that was handling the, the property, massive amounts of property in China. And on Monday, it was declared to be insolvent. 
Yeah, it's a pretty amazing concept when you consider when we go back to 2008 when they were telling us that certain banks were too big to fail. In China, they apparently there's nothing too big to fail because at the bottom of this is something much more than that. Evergrande is the slush fund for the deep state. And the mass amounts of money that have been transferred from BlackRock, Vanguard, and Blackstone is stunning in its numbers. The estimated liabilities that BlackRock, Blackstone, and Vanguard have in Evergrande is somewhere around $127 trillion. That is currently four times the size of our national debt, which is already atrocious. The majority of that money is going to be is tied to uh, pensions. Monies that are tied to pensions, mutual funds, and, and investment accounts. So you have to realize that this shuttling of money has always been about moving assets out of here into China. There's a bigger picture that begins to evolve. It's been a long time since I've talked about it. But when you started to do the research on the ghost cities, remember there were 50 full ghost cities built in China. Those weren't there for investment. They were there in the preparation of the transfer of people, what was going to be left of people in the United States, into China to become part of the new future slave society. The plan that had been rolled out that was the, we've now come to know as the 16-year plan, which began with eight years of Obama, the last eight years of Hillary Clinton, as it was intended to be, were the wipe, were the finish-up. They were the mop-up of everything. We're seeing and living through pieces of that. And by the miracle of God's hand and some very courageous people that are working behind the scenes, and, I, and we can affirm that because one simple statement, where there is good, there's, where there's evil, there's always good. We can also affirm that through many other things. There is a, there has been an aversion towards mass global war. I don't know how we've done this, but amazing. And no matter how much they try, we seem to get right up to the cusp and not quite get there. The shot was not as effective as they had hoped it would be. I would argue that's firmly just looking at the magnitude of impact, even though it has been huge, it has been lesser than what it could have been. And that's happened for very many reasons. But nonetheless, the reality is that we're living in a time right now where America has been changed either way. And this event that's happening now as we see global powers, China and Russia, move towards being more of a multipolar world, decoupling from the dollar, and getting themselves onto gold standards, it's the reality that we have to face that in this United States, there's only one way in which we will be free as a world and as a people is if the U.S. debt currency known as the U.S. Treasury note or U.S. dollar, the U.S. Federal Reserve note, is destroyed. It has to be eliminated and it has to be broken out. And that's going to leave, a, it's leading us to a, a culmination point that no matter what happens, it's going to be a difficult moment. Evergrande is an important move. The Chinese government's in unwillingness to back Evergrande and to allow its assets or to help it reclaim its, its foundation as far as a large asset holder now initiates a process of wealth transfer and a dollar transfer, more important, importantly, of putting dollars back into the treasury because China is now pivoting away from some of this U.S. investment. And our banks and the Western banks are going to have to reclaim those dollars as quickly as possible. 
Otherwise, there's going to be a contagion in the banking system. I don't know that they can avoid the contagion, but the bottom line is that there's going to be an instability in the markets. It's going to start, is beginning to happen to what magnitude and what speed is yet to be determined. But the fact is that this is yet another blow towards this fiat currency. All of these pieces are starting to come together, but as you start to look at the, the war that's being waged on our nation, it has taken two primary forms, and the form is that we are dealing with the destruction of a currency and, and at the same time a destruction of the base of people itself, and that war is being waged on the second tier of that by drugs. One of those is obviously the, the entire industry of pharmacia, which has been dumping drugs. Most Americans, I think it's something like the average Americans on three to four pharmaceuticals at this point in time. They have created a dependency culture, although this is textbook right out of the opium wars, as I mentioned at the beginning. But instead of having one drug, it's multiple. And then, of course, there's the lethal drug that comes across the border now, which is fentanyl laced with trank, which is killing thousands of people each month. And most of those are youth. We're being gutted. We're being destroyed. And with this, the elites, including everybody in our Congress and everybody in our military and senior leadership, in one way or another, has their hand in that pot of destruction of this nation because of their compliance or willful allowance of things that are unconstitutional and fully and wholly destructive to our country and not doing the job to protect us. That's the certain tragedy that we face. When we go back to the Boxer Wars, the late 1800s in China, they were in a similar situation. Western forces, Western powers in particular, led by British, which were raising opium, and they were raising it in Afghanistan and Pakistan, and then they were shipping it over to Shanghai. They were using that as a, as a way into the government to literally cause a dis instability, and ultimately the government itself became controlled by the foreign agents of Western powers. The emperor was powerless and its people were unwilling to do anything other than allow the destruction of their own company, country and people for the resource benefit of the British in particular. So there's a little bit of a revenge going on here. And people have theorized this for some time. And I, don't, I would say it this way. Rather than looking at it as specifically China, we have to start looking at this network of people as we refer to them as the deep state, as a global network of, of deep state. And in particular, when you get to China and understand the engine behind most of this, this is mostly coming from the Han Dynasty, which ironically, President Xi hates and has waged war against the Han Dynasty. And that's documentable. You can go through and see the articles about him purging the Hans. This event that's coming here is also, as we've learned from various other connections, is has its fingers in it, is tied to Israel, which, of course, most of our conventional Christians are losing their mind over because they want to believe that it's a holy right thing to do to support Israel to annihilate an entire culture called Palestine which is not biblical, nor is it even justifiable. Nonetheless, the brainwashing is deep in our culture. What's important to look at that is who are the agents behind that, which is the Israeli government, which is consumed with, as the Chinese government is, was controlled by the Hans, 
the Israeli government has been controlled by the Kazarian Mafia, what we know as the Kazarian Mafia, whose origins came ultimately from Ukraine. And those bloodlines are important to follow. Out of that extends an, an intelligence agency known as Mossad. Mossad has been active on our border in pushing people and drugs across our own border. And as, since Mossad then has linked with other agencies of ill repute to include MI5, MI6, the CIA, and even some of the elements of the, the Black Pope, which comes out of the Vatican. And yes, the, the, Catholic, the Catholic Church is heavily involved in moving people into this nation by part of their, quote, humanitarian efforts, as well as our own churches in this country with their NGOs and other events trying to help people get across this border. We have to start coming to grips with the fact that we are being, the agencies that are, we're fighting are connected and they are global and they are working in a uni unified effort to manipulate people's emotions to try to destroy the United States. And it is a full-on effort to cripple us in such a way, financially and even physically, that with the, the country has no ability to stand back up. The upside of the story is that the Boxer Wars, and why I bring that up, which was in the late 1800s, which was the revolt against opium, were ultimately victorious over the British. And the reason they were victorious is it wasn't a government-run issue. It was the people of China that overthrew them. And we could go through Chinese history rather extensively to start to realize just how much has been going on and literally how much manipulation has been going on, including Taiwan, by the way, which is a hand puppet of the deep state with its 1,200-plus bioweapons labs sitting there in its, in its area. So there's a lot of things that are happening in the world that are not as we would want them to be or would like to believe them. The bottom line in all of this is that we are dealing with one of the principal agents of this war, besides financial, is bioterrorism. And bioterrorism is literally what has been waged by our generals in our military against our soldiers. Bioterrorism was waged against is being waged against the people, endorsed by our government and driven by big pharma. Bioterrorism is an ongoing issue. So let's wrap back to fentanyl because it's an interesting little story that is not unimportant. Fentanyl was actually used in an assassination attempt in against a Palestinian operative. It was back. It was he was in Amman, Jordan, and it happened on 25 September, 1997. The man's name was Khaled Mashal. Khaled Mashal was head of Hamas movement. And Netanyahu was attempting to remove him permanently and cripple the Hamas movement. So the plan was hatched to dispatch four Mossad agents from Israel to secretly go in and make sure that the assassination was complete. In so doing, two of the agents... Actually, I said six, not four. Six agents were dispatched. And as they, the attempt was to move in and give him a lethal dose of a toxin. 
a toxin that we now know of as fentanyl. And as they poisoned him, the thing is that two of the agents were captured. This was right at a critical point under the Clinton administration when the Bill Clinton was trying to broker a peace deal with Jordan and Israel. And Jordan had agreed to sign on to this with, uh, at, no, at no uncertain risk to their reputation in the Middle East. When the agents were captured and it was discovered that they were part of this plot to kill the Hamas leader, Jordan contacted Israel and let them know that they were going to publicly hang these um, two agents and reveal this whole plot if if Khaled died. And Khaled had about 48 hours before he would die. Netanyahu and Israel tried to do all they could to cover it. Obviously, it didn't work. And so they were left with a, no choice but ultimately to have to submit to the demands and they dispatched among other a relief that they had to release a prisoner they had to release magically they delivered an ant an aircraft from israel to jordan with the antidote to the poison now hear, hear what i just said it was an antidote for fentanyl we have known that there has been an antidote for fentanyl since 1997 and there hasn't been one word spoken of this with the amount of fentanyl coming across our border. Now, let that sink in for a minute. We knew that there was, we have discovered that from the moment that this bioweapon was dispatched on our, on our shores, whatever the COVID virus was, what we discovered is one of the hidden antidotes that for many other things, including cancers and overall general health, was HCQ and later ivermectin. We also learned of light therapy. All these things were, were revealed by President Trump in the spring of 2020, around April, actually. But we've never heard that until recently, until this rediscovery of the story, no one has brought up the point that there was an antidote for fentanyl. That antidote is known as naltrexone, naltrexone. And there is a theory going around, which I can't confirm, but that the opinion is that if we had people right now on low doses, in particular children of low doses of naltrexone, that they would have a preventative in their body for fentanyl. The point is that there is a known antidote. No one's discussing it. It's not in the public space. Israel used it as a as a as a weapon of war to get to, to stealth kill an agent, a lead element of Hamas. They failed in order to prevent public humiliation. Israel dispatched the antidote. Now, one thing to understand is anytime these people bring in something to destroy culture, they always have an antidote. That is just the way they work because they are always protecting themselves before they'll protect others. All these things become important when we start to map out a culture and how we're operating. We're, we are still operating very much in the United States as a victim culture in which a victim culture leads us to a mentality of a slave culture. 
And the more that we learn about these drug problems, the more that we begin to understand truly what has happened to our nation and where our nation is ultimately going to have to do to get itself back. We have to reclaim our footing as a, from strength, not our place of weakness. Unfortunately, right now, our nation is still very much in the place of, of weakness as we suffer truly the pains of all that has been happening and suffer through a moment in time where our country is being, has the war being waged upon it by the agencies we should be able to trust. Here's a quick little piece. Take a listen to this. Well, we've all been distracted with like Texas, um, the three letter organization that deals with our food and like medicine decided that they no longer have to give informed consent. So, um, that's really good. This happened back at the end of December. So, um, I'm I, the outlook for um, 2024 and 2025 because we know what's coming, unfortunately, doesn't look too good. So we already know that we didn't have informed consent with the whole 2020 thing that went on, because I don't know if you guys knew, but those studies are not going to be completed until 2027. So if you got some things, um, your charts are being watched just in case you didn't know that. Now you do. And now it's legal for them to not have to tell us what's in certain things, what the side effects of certain things are. Um, it's really concerning that it's, it's also encompassing our food as well and like the food additives. It's not even from a medical standpoint. So they can be adding literally whatever they want into our food and they don't have to tell us what it is or what it does. So um, as always, um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about all of this down below. Yeah, we have our thoughts, and our thoughts are always the same thing. And this is literally that we have a government that has gone rogue, and it has it is owned and controlled by foreign assets, and it is literally waging a war against its people to kill off its people. Again, we go back to boxer wars in China, which was very similar, where the government being owned allowed the slaughter of its people. It even allowed the export of its people across the world to be used as slaves, like being used as slaves on building the railroads here in the United States. This is all very real. And it's a, a place that, as the United States, we've never really considered the consequences of some of the things in which we benefit from. And as a result, there is a lot of, it's very easy to, to use the experiences of the past by very dark and evil people to manipulate a culture to self-destruct. And that's where we are We are right now. The I've mentioned this before, as we tie into that same era, the concept of moving what we called coolies over from China, which were Chinese laborers, they were, that, those laborers were sent to the United States to pay off its debt that had been incurred through the impact of the opium wars on China. And those laborers were brought here to the United States to help build the railroad. We, have, we are seeing this now in the, in the impact of the United States as we start to see the destruction of its people. And I will guarantee you, if they had their will and their way, we would be seeing the same thing. The people would be shipped overseas, which would be done in an amazing way, which most people would go along with if they could have succeeded in this, which would have been to offer jobs and opportunities in China for people to go there and housing and free housing at a low wage because it would have been so desperate here in this country. 
Do not kid yourself for a second to think that anybody in our government, anybody in our senior military leadership, or anybody in our corporate heads would have lifted a finger to stop it. That level of, de of deceit in our nation is what is the rot that has to be removed. And to be inspired by the boxer wars or be inspired by any other movement from the people, it has to come from the people and it has to overthrow these elites and it has to, at the end of the day, hold them all accountable. At the core of that is going to be the, the restoration of our foundation and faith. And unlike any other nation in history, we have a foundation that is unshakable if we put ourselves truly in the word and, and the rock faith that we have. That's not easy. But it is really important to understand that our government is in a sheer state of panic right now. And that is going to continue for some time. And I would say that's a good thing because the fact is that they are very much aware of the fact that we are in a state of crises, that we are, they are beginning to be revealed to such a degree that if they don't do something, that they may not be able to get us back. Now, to the point of, of, the, of the drugs, I want you to hear this piece just on the, another level of this war that's being waged right in the hospitals and in our society, which again gets back to drugs and food. So let's just talk about why they're demonizing exercise, glorifying obesity by putting people on magazines saying this is the new healthy at 400 pounds and maybe just maybe blocking um, access to certain medications that are having profound effects on weight loss because they want you fat. Why do they want you fat? Well, number one, when you were overweight, you were a consumer of food and the foods on the shelves are riddled with chemicals full of GMOs full of addicting things, and therefore you end up becoming a mega consumer of those things. Typically, when you're a mega consumer and you're overweight, you're also a mega consumer of pharmaceuticals, right? You probably have other comorbidities along with your obesity, your high blood pressure meds, your diabetes meds. Maybe you're gonna get that knee replacement. Maybe you need gastric bypass, okay? That's two. Number three, when you are typically overweight like that, you are probably living a more sedentary lifestyle. When you live a sedentary lifestyle, you are probably consuming a lot of media via your phone, via the news, and you are consuming at probably higher levels than most, a lot of the propaganda. So now you are fat, lazy, and propagandized, propagandized, whatever the word is, um, which makes you easy to control. And that, my friend, is the real plan. It's of many levels, but it's always against the people to break their will and make them incapable of responding so to, to, slow the, to slow the attack against a, a counter response against anything they do. All of this is weakening the core people, which are God's children. It is the war against the people. This government, again, is, is despicable in ways that it's unimaginable, and it's and it is it has gotten there by a corrupted heart of so many that literally are willing to take anything for their self benefit. It begins usually with some sort of deviant desire that is exploited. Maybe it's power, maybe it's more wealth. Usually, it involves some sort of sexual desire as part of the benefit of all of this, and in the end, they get captured, as we've discussed, and it's even been recently referenced by General Flynn. 
nearly every congressman has been owned by some sort of sexual blackmail. And they, when they go on these Codel trips overseas, their desires to simply out of sight of apparently they think of the world. This is where Epstein Island comes in. They're able to indulge in the darkest of pleasures of sickness that they have in their mind. Most of the time that relates to having sex with children. That is, has led to a global industry on many levels, which has been organized as the primary hub between the Catholic Church and Israel in its government and its intelligence agents, which is now part of every intelligence agency across the world that's involved in this global cabal is the moving of trafficking of kids. Right now, our country, for every border agent that's across, is allowing this to happen. They are complicit in child sex trafficking for every agent at the desk or every at the airport or every agent that works for a uh, say it works for the airlines in cargo or any other form, airline pilots, stewardesses, all of this, allowing these children to be moved, you're complicit in child sex trafficking. Our military has been active in moving these children. For, they are involved in child sex trafficking. These are crimes. And it's going to be a, there's going to be a big effort, even in the political circles, to try to whitewash this and to try to keep a measure, a modicum of stability in our nation so that we won't have the shock of having to deal with a total upheaval of leadership. The bottom line is that every one of these people has been involved in a crime. That is, whether you are the gate agent, like I said, down on the, on the, uh, at the airport, or whether you're at the senior levels of organizing this and taking the the benefits of wealth that comes from moving children and using children for sex and slavery across the globe. This engine has become a primary engine of wealth to where we start to look at the three pillars of the global wealth system, which is the military industrial complex and the selling of military hardware, drugs and children and human sex trafficking. That's your real economy of the globe. And in the, on the front of that is a veneer that we place on there and we call them mutual funds and we call them investment accounts, and we call them 401ks, and we call them IRAs, and we call them investing into companies. All of that is in behind it is run by those three primary pillars of financial stability for the elite and wealth gain for the elite, which they traffic in humans. They don't traffic in dollars. The dollars are the paper currency that binds us. It is literally the Babylonian sex magic that brings us all together. And we play the game. And we go along with this. We consume the goods. We're told over and over, like just a simple example, someone surfaces up and says, oh, Nike is using sex, using underage children to produce shoes. Half of the public turns its head and says, that's nonsense. It's a foreign country. They're desperate that we don't care. It doesn't matter. That's the problem is that every single thing that we're touching, we're consuming now is part of this bigger problem. We become a society, unfortunately, because we are not putting ourselves first in the word and trying to seek that higher relationship with God, we're being inundated with a world of materialism and consumption that is wearing us down and weighting us down, and there is a cost that we're paying now. And that cost we're seeing in real lives. We're seeing in the deaths of family members that took the shot, that wouldn't listen to wisdom because they had become so dependent on believing in a false God, which was our government. We see it in our children that have coming so many children coming from broken families, the consequence of what that weight is, living out in the world alone, being surrounded by the influences of a drug and sex culture. There is no deep root and being subject to the sorts of 
things to try to escape from this current world. That is the impact of a broken society where children now willfully are taking drugs, many of them knowing the potential threat and consequence, but willing to go for the high to try to get them into an, another existence, another experience beyond this heavy world that they find to be depressing and, and soulless, which it is by principle, unless we get back to the word. None, well, of, these things, none of these things are easy to talk about. None of these things are easy to to face as a as a society. But it's, if we don't start facing them as a society, we're not going to be able to get the full recovery that need, is needed for us to stand back up. It's one thing to wage the war on 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 various levels, but if, as, as I have said many many times, until we reset the moral foundation of this country, reset the moral character of this country, which ultimately comes through our relationship with God, we can win every battle and we will still lose the war. The indications of that are just looking at some of these things that we see. We go back to Evergrande. Evergrande is going to is a contagion that's now beginning within our financial sector. As we start to see this slide back, we have to ask what is the one thing, unfortunately, that will wake America up? And this is where I find some hope in all of this, truly, but I, it's a dark hope when we say that. Apparently, 750,000 plus children being trafficked every year is not enough to wake Americans up. And apparently, the 10 million plus that have been impacted by this vaccine and several million that have died of this vaccine, this bioweapon, isn't enough to wake Americans up because they still don't believe the truth that stands before them. Even though family members are dying of strange diseases, even though family members are suddenly breaking out in, in cancers and tumors, this is just the consequence, apparently, of a bioweapon that was launched against us called COVID that we needed to have us save, saved by a bioweapon itself by being injected into our blood. Americans are living in a bubble to a large degree. The culture is still here. We're awakening as a country slowly, but not fast enough. And so we end up in this neurotic place where people are still trying to look around and figure out what's coming until something radical suddenly wakes them up from that deep slumber. And the only, one of the only two things that I can come up with, and I think others would agree, that would take, shake America up are, one, to take the guns. Forget about the idea of, of having guns. They can have you buy guns all day long. As long as people can own their guns, they're fine. If they physically come in to try to steal your guns, which they won't do, they will trigger a mass response within the public that will literally lead to a great awakening. The second part of that, and they can do all sorts of things around the perimeter. They can ban your use of guns. They can arrest you for carrying a gun. That response by America is a slow death to that whole Second Amendment and a willful acceptance of it. If we go through the place of literally invading your home, now Americans will wake up. So we know they're probably not going to do that. We know that they've been able to pour drugs into this culture, whether it's, and it's gone over the years, cocaine, heroin, We've seen meth, we've seen crack, we've seen, are now seeing fentanyl, and we don't do much. We don't do anything. In fact, we go worse. We say, well, it's those are people that are poor. Those are people that are addicts on the street. This thing is hitting every single family. We've had the pharmaceutical attack on drugs, which was the, an engineered attack using different painkillers. We've seen that happen. That happened after 2008. And that was oxycodone and others that were, led to other addictions. We still did nothing as a culture, 
as a collective culture. But there's one. There's one area that will wake every American up. It's undeniable. And it's when you can't get money out of your bank account. When you go to the bank and you go to use your card and it says denied. When you go and open up your account and you see missing money. When you go into and discover that you're, you can no longer buy what you thought you could buy. That's beginning already. When you go in to buy food and instead of finding food, what you find is you can't buy one loaf of bread now. You can't even afford one loaf of bread if you're also going to buy eggs. Or maybe you can afford the loaf of bread, but you can only buy a loaf of bread and no more eggs. We're getting there quickly. So in the discussions that we have about preparation and all of this is towards a greater awakening, keeping our eye on how this, how these pieces have come into play and understanding that we're having a war waged upon us that's not new. The formulas for it are not new. The pieces for it are pieces that we can find evidence for across the time. We, we have to start making these preparations as a nation to be shaken. And we're heading into that window now of being greatly shaken. So all of these pieces that we're looking at that are broken ultimately can be exposed and people can start to wake up. That leads us to the moment of shock, which happens in any great awakening moment when people suddenly lift up their eyes and realize what they have been part of. And the rapid response is going to always be to try to join the movement that you're there, but not have to take accountability from where you were. I will always advocate for the fact that as a society, just like we have to do before God, that we have to take accountability for where we were. There's no free pass. If you've taken a, an injection and you've stepped into the arena to join the anti-vaxxers because you've stopped taking it, you're welcome. And we welcome all of that. But there has to be an accountability of why you made that decision. And then you need to use that as an evangelistic point to go back in and talk to those that took the vax because you understand the mindset of what drove somebody to commit suicide with an injection willfully. It's just like taking a drug addict and getting him to help other addicts because once they get into the mindset, they can see it and they can understand why they were there. This is how we start to change this narrative. But it's going to take a shift in getting the people to come across and join the main body that is out here. Those that refuse to take the vax and those that refuse to take drugs, those that have done everything they can to break from the economic strangled holds that we have on us, those that are trying to advocate for a restoration of our nation through faith, getting our moral character and moral courage back. All of these pieces, we, as we build those ranks, to keep in mind that God wastes nothing. And that means that if you've come over from that fringe of where we have been trying to bring you in, not putting ourselves on a pedestal, but giving it very clearly that those in that core, that remnant in the core that has been screaming from the pulpits to stop this, and whether it was somebody screaming about the chemtrails or and being admonished for being a tin hatter, or a person that was screaming about vax injury years ago when people were saying you're nuts, autism isn't caused by vaxes, all of these things, these people knew and they did everything they could to scream from the top of, of the towers and the wall to warn us, and yet we are here as a nation. This is where the tide turns, though, because as the people start coming together and we realize where we came from, part of our accountability is to acknowledge, one, either if we didn't listen, we should have, and two, if we didn't listen and caused the crime even greater, to use that as a way to now turn and go back and help others be set free. But this nation starts to be, has to hear more and more from those. All of these pieces is a common voice. Right now, all of the attention is down on the border. And this government is not stopping. 
It's not just sitting by and twiddling its fingers and saying it's all going to be okay. We heard the piece a minute ago about the FDA that went out and literally has tried to ban or has made it now, now is no longer required, excuse me, to give anybody informed consent of what's in drugs or what's in food. There's a reason for that. It's not good. Any time that they don't have to tell you the truth means that they have something very dark to hide. The war is being waged on full tilt against America. They hate us. They hate you. And you have to, that has to be taken into your heart to understand that the evil that you look at here truly hates you. It finds pleasure in tormenting you. It finds pleasure in punishing you. And for every smile that you get on in, in, out of Congress and every happy face you see in the advertisements to promote this product or that, for every general that's going to reassure you that the United States is going to be safe and secure and that it's great that we start to worry about a better country, a better nation, that they start advocating for these very stupid things like wokeism or transgenderism or whatever. The fact of the matter is that this war is all about destroying you. And these are liars. These are just cheats. And every one of them is a traitor to this nation. So as we kind of pull this together today, the one thing that I would just say that it's important and I will be saying it a lot because we're in a very narrow window right now, a time clock that is ticking and it can be driven by that simple fact of the financial shift in Evergrande. This is not a game. We're at a very element, a very fundamental place here that a nation has to wake up. We, as those following Christ, have an obligation to make sure and expand expose people to the gospel. That gospel can be exposed in many forms. It doesn't have to take purely reading scripture from the book. It can be expressing the scripture from your heart. That means the acts of kindness, the acts of extending out to get to know your neighbor. That means getting out to break bread and getting to have people start to be comfortable knowing that you're comfortable in the real truths of this world. And we may not, we don't have a handle on all of them, but we're able to accept them as they come because we have scripture as our foundation. That sort of evangelism getting out into our communities is never more important than right now. Because when this thing finally breaks, the awakening that happens in people becomes that of panic and fear. And if they don't have a place to turn, the people can say, well, I, 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 and you'll hear this a lot, and I have. I want to pray, but I don't know how to pray. I've never prayed before. I don't even know who God is. Time to meet our maker in a positive way, not in a negative way. And that means open the scriptures. We need to be prepared to lead them and guide them. Be prepared to run Bible study at your home. Be prepared to go out and meet people in their home to start talking scripture and help them through difficult times. Go armed with scriptures in your heart or with you that you in your marked in your Bible. Bring it with you. Sit down with people when it comes time, time of instability and have a conversation with them. Pray with them. That sort of attitude as we start to build that connectivity even now is going to prove to be massively important in creating stability in a nation that's about ready to have the blinders pulled off and we're going to have to look at things from a very different lens. When they start to realize that the institutions around them have always been geared towards destroying them, not towards helping them. And that world that they are in, that matrix, is collapsing. It's happening quickly. And the key part to their hearts, unfortunately, as they walk too often in the world of the reprobate mind, is that they are, it's going to be finances. When money disappears, when money is not there, when you can't pay your mortgage, you can't pay this or that, then the panic ensues. And that panic will be big and it will be difficult for people to deal with unless they have a foundation to work with. So in a moment in this hour, with all of these pieces that we're looking at that are moving and they're big ones, 
and all the deception and distractions that they're continuing to pour upon, and all the bills that they're trying to pass in desperation to try to protect the institution of this government, and they're passing many, and all the things that they're attempting to do to literally try to defend the, their citadel, so to speak, of power. The end of the day, they know one thing is very true. They cannot withstand the will of the people. That when the people finally realize who they are, what they have done, there will be no escaping. We're arriving at that, that precipice very quickly. We have to get through the precipice, though, to move ourselves from the point of awakening, panic, which then leads to anger. And then we have to get people into to reason and reason mind. What we can't allow happen in this nation is for us to be driven by vengeance of the heart because vengeance in the heart only leads to the, the permanent blood rips that we can't get over. We can, but not easily. So walk truly with the principle every day with engaging people with the heart of Jesus. Spend time in the word. Engage every instance like you have the heart of Jesus. And everybody's under a fire right now. Everybody. So it makes it even more challenging. We're all being refined, especially if we're leaning into the word. And there's no easy way through this. But deeper in scripture, more in the word, more focus there, we find ourselves in a better place. A place that truly allows us to arrive at a calming, realistic moment where we can talk honestly to people from the heart and truly bring the heart of Jesus and the Holy Spirit into our lives in all engagements we have. All of these big problems, the big movements of the structure of our, of our times, the big shifts of things, the, the knowledge that, that we're starting to gain, all of this is going to come together in a, in a collective answer to many, many things in our world. But all of it is going to pivot on one critical issue. Where is the heart of the people? Because if the heart of the people is not the heart of restoration through faith and loving thy neighbor, the end of the day, the cabal still wins, and that can never be lost. The nature of this global cabal is beyond scope. It is literally right out of the, out of the movie James Bond with Spectra, or it's out of the latest films that are coming out with Mission Impossible, where you're literally seeing a global intelligence network of privatized nature that is working to destroy and, and control the world. That's the nature of the fight. But the one thing that they, none of them can withstand, ultimately, is the defiance of the people and the, uh, and the unity of people on the principles of faith and the unity in the love for, for thy brother. We can never forget that. Now, tonight, we're going to have a very interesting interview. I'm looking forward to it, and it's going to be, it's, one of the, it's really a deeper part of, of who I am reflected through a good friend. This interview tonight is going to be Corey Terry and his interpreter, Muhammad Safi also known as Sammy. And you're going to get a chance tonight to listen to a man who has come here and he's an American citizen. He's Muslim. He would, you would be honored to have him fight at your side. He loves this nation. He loves the Constitution. And he's going to give testimony to what he's seeing here tonight is the same things that have been done to his country over the years. Americans need to wake up. This game is very real. It's not new. It's been done all over the world. As I talked to the boxer wars, it's been done in Afghanistan. It's been done in many places, the same type of things. And it's always towards the end game. Divide and permanently divide a country so it can never recover again. 
So we have to be able to step through that loop and through that threshold now as a nation and to truly step up and say, okay, where do we begin? And where we begin is where we started, which is at the pulpit with the scriptures and being reminded that it is our duty to throw off such forms of government that become despotic. We are here. Patriots, let's pray. Father God, I just want to thank you this morning for the time that we share and this, these moments that we have together to come in fellowship and pray and worship, to raise our hands and praise to all that you bring into this nation in this time. Father, these are very important moments in our, in our existence. We have literally, we are here in this time for just such a time as this, as we say almost every day. But the reality is that that is where we are. We are in a moment in time now that we have to start to embrace the importance of our walk. And so we pray this morning truly for the awakening of that heart, the heart of the warrior Christ, to be able to understand that where we are is where you need us, and the mission before us is more critical than ever, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, to heal the sick and the wounded, to literally cast out demons and to raise the dead, to seek out the apostolic and the prophetic and to walk in that fivefold ministry in each of our lives, each and every day, which is available to us to do. It just takes us in a deeper level of faith and commitment of purity into the walk with you. Father, we pray for the, a repenting heart this morning, that as a nation and as a people, as a remnant, to have the humbleness to be able to repent before you, to become good at repentance, not slow, but rather as we walk through our day to repent as we gain as we encounter the sins that we do, to ask of you to expose those sins and to get back up and to continue the fight, to continue to keep that purity in our heart, to, to purify and cleanse, that, cleanse us of the sins that we do so that we remain strong and mighty in Holy Spirit. Father, we continue to pray for an, a, a bigger breaching of heart, reaching of hearts to be able to get past the obstacles placed before us by our friends, our family, and even our brothers and neighbors, that we may not know that well. But to have that heart of reaching out to love thy neighbor and to be that as a compelling agent to try to extend the power of love of kingdom into the world in such a way that evil has no resistance, evil has no domain, evil has no stronghold in which to operate from. We know one thing from the war of, of counterinsurgency, that evil will persist where it has given sanctuary. And if sanctuary is in the heart of a man or in the heart of a woman, then we have to purge that sanctuary. We fill it with the love of kingdom to, to deny evil the terrain it needs to expand. And that begins by one-on-one, -on -one, to literally being able to walk and engage in each person, one face-to-face, one-on-one, to give them such a understanding of love and compassion that our king can bring, that there is only one way to turn, not because they're forced, but because their heart desires it to turn back to you, Father. And so, Father, we just close again with a prayer that we will continue to pray, which is a prayer for an encounter with Jesus himself, not just each one of us, not a nation, but a world, that this encounter can be so profound that within the waking dream or the sleeping dream, that there will be a presence and an experience with Jesus that will allow people to witness for a moment the power and truth nature of the love of kingdom so profound that it will understand the touch of the heart of the power of forgiveness to literally shake people to their very core. And we pray this prayer for everyone to happen simultaneously at a moment in time when it will shake so deeply into the hearts that everything will be transformed. That even in the midst of collapses or death, 
that to understand that power of who Jesus is in our heart allows us to endure, to overcome, and to rise up and to level up into the new time of kingdom. So, Father, we pray this upon the hearts of all, not just here, but across the globe. And we say all these things and declare all these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. The heart of Jesus, the heart of our Father. All of these things, moving pieces, are the details of knowledge that help us weave together a picture. And God is weaving right now. And he's weaving many things together. He's weaving the body of Christ together. He's weaving us together. All of these things are happening. And there is no single one node that fixes everything other than Jesus. But there is a there is a collective coming together. And as we see this and we begin to see the world as far as the details and the veil is pulled back and we start to see more and more what's really going on, we're going to need our faith more and more because it's that which helps us bring through each of these little these little chips in the wall that we find, a little nicks to get through this matrix and we start to see more clearly what we have not been allowed to see. It's going to shake many. To keep in mind a reasonable heart as you engage with others to remember that we have been walking this path just here on this channel alone for almost five years. And when we are talking about a greater awakening, some, myself included, have been doing this, this process of awakening for 20 years. There's been a process of being able to work through problems, question, challenge, being able to to see what works, theories that we thought were one thing and watch them dissolve as they lead to other things. It's been time to go into the rabbit holes. It's time to go into the word. It's been time to look at scripture and reflect on our world and see how scripture was indicating or giving us clues to what we would be in. The real keys have always sat in scripture and as we've moved through the knowledge, we've seen scripture unlock into deeper meanings. But no matter where a person is, if they are not awake, whether they are one that sits in a pew or they are one that rejects God, if they are not awake and we come to a moment which is coming increasingly fast where there will be no denying any of these truths, that moment of great shaking may be more than most people can endure. We offer that hope. We offer that key. We offer that ability to reach out a hand and say, come with me, sit down, and let me speak to you from the word let me share with you the word of God and let me help you in this time. So again, have in your heart the scriptures you need to help others. Have in your heart the willingness to pray for others as they are in desperation and need. And have in your heart the willingness to start having engagements like Bible studies and just time with people, especially in your communities, to help them in these times ahead. I don't know whether this is going to happen tomorrow or that's going to happen in two years. But that mindset should never change anyway. Our mission is always the same. Share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Heal the, heal the sick and the broken. Cast out demons. Raise the dead. And seek the greater works. And along the way, seek out the apostolic and the prophetic. All gifts that are part of the, the church of Acts. All gifts that are part of the restoration of the church of Jesus. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never body evil, never relent, always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war, so walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Bards FM. Until then or until the next time.
God bless, and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable. And we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push, we climb, we never give in, we become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. 
We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.